Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Uh, this is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016. I want to thank all the listeners. Uh, we are still up high on the ranks for the iTunes new and noteworthy section under the sports category there on iTunes. Uh, thanks for the reviews. We got up to like 11 or 12 now. Uh, again, I'm doing this thing where if you write a five-star review, you show me, like, you know, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, that you wrote the five-star review, and I will send you a signed copy of my album there's a few people waiting on there still apologize for that it will be out soon so again thanks for listening uh you can follow us on twitter at comedy sports pod give us a like on facebook that's simply comedians talking sports on facebook we were able to get that there where twitter's all like too many fucking letters so i had to deal with that Uh, a lot of fun things to talk about today i'm very excited for the guest uh sean flannery how are you sean what's going on joe thanks for having me dude sean actually a little backstory i'll give you about you um my phone's ringing it's very rude sorry had to turn that off uh i'm not that professional sometimes (laughs) But uh, Sean, uh, he's been on Comedy Central. Yeah, uh, he's run some uh, one of my some of my favorite one man shows. Uh, uh, you had uh, Never, Never Been, been to Paris. Paris. Yeah, we also did a thing called Ungoogleable. Ungoogleable. Yeah, I had That's a that. hard thing to say. Yeah, and then you run a show called The Blackout Diaries in Chicago. I do. Yeah, critically acclaimed show. It's been doing well. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah, and you were on Comedy Central's mashup. I was, and I yeah. loved your set. Yours was one of my favorite. I'm oh, thanks, man. I knew you. I appreciate that. But we do connect in a lot of ways where we do have crazy Irish family mm-hmm. drunk cra- like stories like that. Yeah. And when I started doing stand up, there was you, uh, you, you the show uh, Blurds. Yeah. You were part of a group called Blurds. You did these great viral videos ahead, yeah. ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah. You don't mind me kissing your ass a little. Uh, <laughs> you. CJ Sullivan and uh, the late great Pat Bryce were like yes. three guys that I really looked up to when oh, I first it. started because yeah. you guys were kind of like at the top of the scene and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm like, oh, these these are dudes I could relate to. Yeah. Because at first, all the comedians I met were like, oh, you guys all hate sports and hated high school. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I kind of liked high school. I felt like I was in a minority in that regard. And I liked sports. But then seeing you three, I'm like, OK, cool. That's nice. And then um, we know the first the, I mean, you and I have told this story back and yeah. forth a few times. The first night we really hung out together. You came to see. I was running a show at some bar off of Irving and Kedzie. Oh yeah, Briscoe's Bistro. Remember yes, that? Uh, yeah. It ended up being a crazy. What well, uh, I mean, I guess every night back then was crazy. Well, but, we ended up going yeah. to Carol's, which was like yeah. a four a.m. bar. Uh huh. I think we went to Diner Grill afterwards, almost yes. five a.m. Yeah. And I just remember CJ and Pat screaming at each other over something. You were kind of laughing. I got the sense early on. I'm like, oh, he's the guy that doesn't really give that much of a yeah. shit, but likes to egg people that, on. We would that would be our writing sessions all the time. Is we were I think we were drunk at bistros like the first bar we got drunk at and we would write the show drunk all the time and cj and pat pat would just pat was a lot like you um he was just a hothead you know and he would get uh (laughs) pissed and he's just screaming at cj at the top of his lungs and and cj screaming back yeah and i would often laugh but would be i remember like the bartender uh i think he went up to you he's like I gotta, I gotta kick these three assholes out. You know, I, I think, I think these people just met each other and they're ready to kill each other. And you're like, oh no, they're dear friends. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just writing their podcast <laughs> together. And he was old, so he's like, what's the podcast? Yeah, you know? and your podcast, uh, the three of you ran was called the Visitors Locker yeah. Room, and I loved it. I got yeah. lucky enough to be a guest on it a few times, and uh, it's kind of what was the inspiration for the podcast I did before this one, mm-hmm. Naked Sports Live, that I did with Megan yeah. Gailey, who I believe even interned for your podcast for a little. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, we, you know, we had a lot of fun doing that podcast, and we, we thought it was hilarious. It was it was supposed to be, it was like a daily show for ESPN. It was, it was a great, Where we I made fun it. of, because sports media is ridiculous, and I, I don't know why. It's funny, we, we thought that thing was going to take off, and I mean, probably the fact that we were drunk half the time was was a factor against us, but... It um, should have. It was one of my favorite podcasts. And I, and, yeah. um, I'll stop kissing your ass in a little bit and make fun of you later, but uh, it was definitely, you. I thought the way you said it was the daily show, what was the... You had a slogan. It was where the comedians act like sportscasters and not, not the other, the way, other around. way around. Yeah, which is true because so many sportscasters were always trying to be like Rick Riley. And, and it's atrocious. Dad. Oh, we had a segment where you know Rick Riley did a thing in his last year for Sports Illustrated, um, where he did flash animated stand up. It was called the Riffs of Riley, and um, it was we. You know, ESPN. ESPN basically bought Riley away from Sports Illustrated so that ESPN Magazine would go well, because oh, wow. Riley was so popular. Yeah, he was huge. They didn't even have a role for him at ESPN. They just, they just like Rick Riley's exact word, which is so Rick Rick Riley was. They just gave me a redonkulous amount of money. But he would do he these Riffs of Riley, a- and they were such. They were so. Uh, 
you know, it would just be such dad punchlines. It would and always, just him you saying know, ridiculous is yeah, very dad. Yeah. He's always that old guy still trying to relate to the kids where it's like, just yeah, stop it. Exactly. So we would do a segment where we would play every week when his thing came out. We, I would play the punchline, or excuse me, the setup. And then we, we had a game show where uh, Pat and CJ and the listeners would try and guess the punchline. And like we could guess almost 100% of them. Cause he would always say like, like he would always like try and make fun, like, could be like, you know, um, like, you know, you take like some like Jay Cutler or, or you know, uh, or maybe Johnny Manziel would be a better example. Like a quarterback that you just know isn't going to be around next year. Sure. But Johnny Manziel preparing for his next role as, and then, you, you know, we would cut it and everybody would guess. And like 90% of the time it would be Olive Garden waiter. Yeah. Know, just, or uh, car salesman like or some shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we did it for like five years. We did it even before. Uh, the term podcast was invented. It was called an internet radio show for the first year. Yeah, you guys were like on Fearless iPhone, Radio, and it really was, was before the place. podcast yeah. explosion, before every comedian has a podcast. Yeah, now. and uh, yeah, we would just get so drunk and uh, write that in. Like, we had some, I remember that night, the fight that night, so it would always, it would always begin as, like, a mild writing disagreement okay and then it would all it was almost like a marriage between cj and pat and then it would always morph into pat thinking cj isn't showing up on time for the actual podcast and that he's too hungover <laughs> and start screaming at him and then you know i remember that night i was like you know I was like, you know, I don't know, Pat. I, I don't think we can ask a man to change his life. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sort of on CJ's side here. I like how you I know? like how showing up on time would be considered a major lifestyle change. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, listen, yeah. he's got a routine. Let him show up 15 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we to judge? Yeah, <laughs> we're not his co-producers in this uh, shit or then, anything. Yeah, but yeah, we would always get in fights. We had so I mean, well, it's I just fun. remember CJ saying because Pat was. And and that is when I kind of I'm like okay this is why I, I gravitated toward Pat so much yeah. uh, he was a fucking hilarious comedian but he was getting very loud yeah he and would get CJ loud, was man. just like look at that vein sticking out of your forehead <laughs> like he just and CJ was seemed calmer but yeah. still CJ kind of knew when to raise his voice but for the most part was trying to be like I don't know why you're yelling yeah. at me right now yeah he would always we would you know like this is a pretty funny story about just how much drinking we did back then it just like like how much of a powder keg everything was we so blurs which you mentioned was this it was this collective we did where we we put daily comedy blogs up and can i just go off the roster yeah. real quick the roster if you're if you're a fan of comedy which i hope so if you're listening to this show it included tj miller yeah kumail nanajani yeah these two cast members for silicon valley uh -huh. right now uh it had prescott tolk who's a great writer who yeah. writes on a couple shows uh -huh. right now uh, yourself, CJ Sullivan, yeah. who am I missing? Kinane, Kyle Kinane, who's yeah. huge. He puts out every time he puts out yeah. an album, it's number um, one on iTunes. Mike Bridenstine, Mike Holmes, who are two very funny guys. Jared Logan, another guy Jared who Logan. writes for the Late Show with James Corden right uh, now. Mike Burns, who's dad boner now. Uh, on Twitter, follow that on Twitter. Yeah, very Nate funny. Craig, which Nate is Craig, be another a, great yeah. comedian who, who's uh, who's been on this podcast, and I think uh, is very underrated. He's I hilarious. Don't think, uh, and then Jordan Vo Roberts did all the videos. And and he's directed a few movies since then. Yeah, he's directing like Skull Island, the new King Kong one right now. Wow, you know, um, yeah. with like Sam Jackson and uh, um, so yeah, like they, like these people all became successful in different ways. And um, <laughs> we got invited to the DC Comedy Festival, and uh, Nate, who I love dearly, is always has crazy business plans. <laughs> like he just like is uh, Nate is so awesome, but he has this weird like optimism like especially when he gets drunk about like how we're all gonna make a million dollars okay yeah. and you know we're sort of like you know we have like a lot of heat on these videos but we kind of don't know uh what to do with it this is like oh seven oh eight yeah or no oh six it was probably earlier than that to be honest with you yeah, yeah. and um we had a lot of like kind of heat on that and you know we were just getting everybody in the same room and getting this group to focus was so i mean i remember i ate our llc at one point drunk off a of bet you, know, you like ate the piece of paper. Yeah, that was like Mike Burns. Then we had to redo it, and Mike Burns changed everybody's names to stripper names. You know, uh, so like this is the kind of group I you're heard you would with. get drunk, and whenever there was an argument where you guys were almost split into two groups, I would use the wrestling term. You'd be NWO Wolfpack versus NWO Hollywood or whatever, and you like would often threaten to tear down the entire site. Yep, yep. You'd be yep. like, you know what? You guys keep this up. I'm deleting the entire website. Yeah, which I did once. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, so we were like just a mess we were back fucking then. Children. Yeah, we were, you know, and if we were just yeah, we were just all drunk like just crazy people back then. So Nate Craig has this master Nate plan. Nate Craig, so I remember we're at DC Comedy Festival and uh they're all in my room and I, I think I think Pat was was no, I think we all had our own room. Was this the story um, where Kanane took a shit and puked in the sink or something? He did that uh the night before. The night before, okay. okay. Um <laughs> They're like, hey, we gotta go. He's like, all right, just give me a minute, all right. I just, I just shat and vomited at the same time. <laughs> but uh, the next night, we're like, we're we're so drunk. Like, I'm trying to get everybody to leave my room. I I threatened to throw the TV out the window. Like that's how drunk I am. I go to throw the TV out the window. I didn't unplug it. The cord just knocks it back on me, and it it you know uh, knocks me over. It didn't hurt that bad, but <laughs> that, that's just like a, a setup. Somebody, I think, it was. Cl- like was Klinger there for some reason? Somebody tried to. Somebody who wasn't in the group was there with us, and tried to surfboard on the ironing board. Broke that. And anyways, Nate's like, okay, I, I've got. I know how we're going to take this to the next level. None of us had ever had any TV credits or anything like that at that point. And Nate is like, I just always loved this because I've never seen Pat so upset. Nate, Nate goes, okay, here's my idea. Uh, we're going to rent a theater in Wisconsin. <laughs> And uh, all 13 of us, I think there were like 13 of us or something at that point. All 13 of us are going to tape an hour-long Comedy Central special, <laughs> back to back, and we're going to send that tape into Comedy Central. 13 straight hours. Yeah. And I'm like, so Nate, we're going to, and Pat's already losing it. You know, he's like, does it don't go ever fucking hurt? You know, uh, you know it, like he would just get violently angry when he heard something that he thought uh, didn't make sense. You know, and I would just love to like, I'm like, oh, well, no, let's hear Nate out here. You know, like, Nate, you want to send a 13-hour tape just into comedy central you know unmarked <laughs> postage whatever yeah i'm like well how are we gonna fill a, a theater for 13 straight hours he's like <laughs> he, goes, he goes two words pizza boxes which, which is uh i think he actually goes one word pizza boxes <laughs> that's beautiful that's even better and uh but i'm did he just think he was gonna advertise on the pizza box to come yeah, to a comedy he thought, show and he thought like you know comedy show and what was funny so we somehow lose our keys to this room that we're in and uh, CJ goes down, and this, this was just how crazy we were back then. CJ goes like, uh, yeah, yeah, I need a key. We're in, like, room, uh, and Nas was staying at the same oh, wow. hotel we were at with, like, like this big entourage. And uh, <laughs> CJ goes down, and he's like, yeah, I need a, a, another key for, like, room 716 uh, or whatever we were. And the lady goes, oh, my God, we have had, oh, we've heard of you. We have so <laughs> many complaints. She goes, she goes, Fucking Nas complained about you guys, That's a lot. <laughs> which I think was our best credit we ever had. That Nas complained we were. And at too that loud. time, he was like the biggest rapper in the world. Yeah, one of them for yeah. sure. And I don't know if it's true or not, or if she was just saying that to oh, like I try and shut true. us up, you know. But uh, like that was like I think our biggest credit that we ever received was that Nas thought we were too loud. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Um, unfortunately, the Blurs videos you could find on YouTube still. I think they're still out there. But yeah. Blurs.com isn't up anymore. Blurs.com is not up anymore. It just became everyone's. Pro- Projects became too busy. You totally. Know, well, the and, whole Blurred's concept of the videos turned into that Comedy Central show mashup, yeah. which had a, had a great season. And I think that's on Hulu. You, I'm pretty sure I've looked it up there. You could find some of that stuff. Yeah, the, the show, that's exactly Comedy right. The Central. show mashup that I was on is essentially what Blurred's was, where you, we took a stand-up routine and we sort of visualized a lot of aspects of the joke. So you would be telling a joke about like uh, being colorblind or you know, driving during rush hour or whatever. And in between, like at some point during the middle of your stand-up routine, you would actually see actors acting out your joke. Yeah, you know? mashed it up. Yeah. yeah, it was a great thing. And uh, I'm Pat Bryce, a great comedian. I know patbryce.com is still up. So actually, I got to get that back up. Oh, is it not up <laughs> Yeah, anymore? yeah, I got to get that All back Well, either up. way, yeah. uh, if you're listening and you want to enjoy just amazing stand-up comedy, check out Pat Bryce, uh, you know, Google, YouTube, all that good stuff. Yeah, his videos are still out there. He was great. And um, you're also a Cleveland guy before yes. you were in Chicago, so you're a Cleveland yeah. sports fan. Yes, huge. And uh, what are you thinking right now? I, it's got to be weird in the NBA in the sense because getting LeBron back to, like before last year, you'd be thinking, all right, it's going to happen now. Yeah. We've got a super squad. Uh-huh. And now we've got Golden State. You know, I have a lot of confidence in the Cavs. I, I you think still do? They That's could great. Be, I, I think Golden State's incredibly hot right now, uh, and they're a great team. But, you know, I'm sort of just kind of playing a math game, and maybe I'm being naive, that we – LeBron almost beat them last year by himself, you know. He had a great uh, with, series. Without our point guard and our power forward, you know. So if 
I, I mean, I think a lot of the playoffs just comes down to who's healthy. So, like, I think if the Cavs are entirely healthy and, uh, you know, Golden State gets a little bit cold from, you know, if, if just one of their guys gets cold from, you know, behind the three-point arc, I, you know, I think we have a good – a good shot, or if they have injuries, you know, who knows? They but. could. They're just such a, a deep team, and they play such a solid team basketball yeah. where they just work the ball around so well. It is amazing watching how Curry is almost being, like, anointed already as, like, the new face of the NBA and everything. Yeah. And I like the guy a lot, and I've liked him for years now, and he is the best player in the league right now. He's, yeah. he's shooting. He's the best shooter I've seen. But I'm not ready to just be like, oh, he's the greatest guy of this generation. I think LeBron's still amazing. Oh, yeah. But it almost makes sure. me think of that hatred people have for LeBron. People hate LeBron. Where they're just so easy to like Curry. And, you know, it's too bad. He just got – and it all comes down to that press conference for how he left Cleveland. He it really got does. the worst advice. The you know, flopping like, didn't help either. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> help. But that kind of like – I feel like a lot of superstars – like I, I feel like that could have been oh, yeah, excused it. if it weren't for the – and, you know, at the time, he was sort of, like, managed by his boys from high school. And, like, I think ESPN wanted to do this press conference for the ratings, of course. And I think his his boys maybe weren't uh, farsighted enough or didn't have enough experience to turn them down. And um, I feel like just fucked him, you know, because I feel, you know, I, I, I thought LeBron took a lot of undue bullshit, you know, from Clevelanders and everyone. Uh, first of all, everyone I know from Cleveland fucking leaves Cleveland at age 22. You sure, know? yeah, so, exactly. It's famous like, for that. You know, like, you should be knocking him. But also, like, you know, I live in Chicago when that happened. Still do. And um, it was funny. Chicagoans have come up since then this totally false narrative about Michael Jordan where they act <laughs> like Michael Jordan love won six championships by himself. Like, the Chicagoans, when I would talk to them, they're like, uh, Jordan never did that. Jordan never did that. You know, he didn't move to go be by the next greatest players. It's like, no, because they drafted them. Like, that Bulls team, yeah. when Jordan left to play baseball, they won 65 fucking games. Yeah, they were still year. a good team. They, 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 they came, like, one bad call away. From, from going being, to the Eastern Conference yeah, Finals. against the Knicks. Um, the team was amazing. Like, and, and they're always like, you know, I, I heard a, a radio announcer, I think it was Boers and Bernstein, which is the Chicago? Your listeners probably they know them. Yeah, they're they're yeah. big uh, uh, Chicago sports and I radio hate guys. Chicago. I, I hate all sports radio. I think they're shitheads, you know. And um, but I I heard them once use the phrase Michael. J this was a verbatim quote. They go, Michael Jordan consider teammates a necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> the always problem I had with those guys is they were always so factually incorrect about stuff. Oh yeah, I remember one time like after LeBron won his first finals with Miami. He was going on and on saying nobody's ever had a finals like the performance LeBron just had. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Because I could have sworn. I remember watching Jordan, and I just Googled Jordan's final stats. It took me no farther than his first finals. to sure. They were better. No, he averaged more points, more assists. The only stat LeBron averaged better than in Jordan's like third worst finals was rebounds. Rebounds, yeah. No, I mean, which is also a product of how your team's configured yeah, too. I, I don't like. I don't bother getting into the argument about who's better between LeBron and Jordan because I, I don't know if you can answer that. It's probably Jordan. You know, I think Jordan is probably the best basketball player of all time. But you know, I'll listen to whatever argument people want to make. But claiming that Jordan, oh, claiming he did it by himself was stupid. It, yeah, stupid. Pippen you know, and Horace Grant I, I were think very Pippen big is in the first probably repeat. the. I think Pippen might be the most versatile player. Other than maybe Oscar Robinson in NBA history or, or Magic Johnson, like he could just play any position you put him on. You know, yeah, he, defensively he was amazing. Yeah, I mean he would just well he shut down Magic in the one series. You know they put him. Actually, on. that's a false narrative. I I hate to disagree with yeah. you because Pippen only guarded Magic for six quarters. Oh really? I yeah. thought that too, yeah. and then someone brought that up to me, and I looked it up. Jordan oh, actually be... guarded him through most of it. Oh, so they put Jordan. Jordan on him guarded too. him through oh, most of it. That's crazy. Yeah, because I know like the late. first game like. I think B.J. Armstrong was guarding him, and like and Johnson imagine. had like you know he had like a yeah, triple double. That was the one and, like, game they like, lost again because you know? they yeah. won in five against the Lakers. It was uh -huh. the only series that didn't go six and went five. And uh, yeah, but uh, B.J. Armstrong was on. I think it was, yeah. B, which is so weird. <laughs> Why the fuck? Like you know what I mean? He was barely a starter. Him and Patson yeah. usually rotated out of that position, and Magic lit him up, and the Bulls lost that yeah. game in L.A. And then the Bulls went on yeah, to win yeah. the whole thing. But yeah, um, like Pippen, you could like he was just great. You know, I I just you know it it was. I, and I feel like it all from that press conference, everyone made LeBron out to be this opportunist, you know, who wouldn't stick it through. And, and also people didn't understand how atrocious that Cavs team was. And it was never going to get better because LeBron was so good that like in the modern NBA, if you have a superstar, 
and you can't buy free agent great superstars to put around them, like you're kind of fucked. Well, I felt Be- bad with the narrative that nobody wanted to go to Cleveland because it was such a like it's a shit city. That's why they didn't want to go to Cleveland. Yeah. But then you could have all these superstars in a city like Miami, yeah, yeah, or other great like. Well, and I wonder if that's going to happen more. And I, like, I feel like that might be the future of the NBA. I, don't I think know. that's why people really. I think that's the big part of why people don't like LeBron because. They all got together over brunch and formed a super team yeah. where it was like, why couldn't you just groom someone? And I think yeah. he made a mistake by pushing for the Kevin Love trade yeah. because Wiggins looks awesome. Wiggins is going to yeah. be an all-star, and Wiggins could have been his Pippin. Yeah, I was like, yeah. why didn't you take a young guy? And that was one of the things. Obviously, Pippin was a great player and would have been really good regardless. Jordan made Pippin stay after practice with him because yeah, Jordan's yeah. a sociopath. He, he is, is a he fucking is. nut yeah, job. He is. And Pippin would talk about where he's like, "Can I go home now?" And Jordan, would be like, yeah. no, no, he's yeah. barking at him, making him stay for hours. They'd play one on one relentlessly, yeah. practically breaking each other's ribs sometimes. Yeah, just yeah. Like you know, really psycho dad stuff. Yeah. And I always thought like, I think LeBron, LeBron's a great dude though. LeBron doesn't have. Yeah, he that. really is a pretty, especially with all the hype he grew up around. Like he's a pretty good dude. He seems he's to be a very well adjusted yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean he grew up like with I mean, all he was that playing hype. On national his dad TV, wasn't like in grade school. Yeah, yeah. And it, his mom seems well, a little crazy. I'm you the know? same age as him. So yeah. when I was a senior, he was a senior. Yeah. And they were. I remember ESPN two broadcasts his game, and that's all anybody talked about. The next day at school, everyone's like, "Do you see LeBron?" Because he really showed up. He, like, on a couple breakaways, went, like, between the yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. dunked at a 360. Because it really was a man playing with boys. Oh, totally. Yeah. That team was actually pretty stacked, though, because two other starters on that his same, high school team. St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah they had they went D1. That was, the, that was my rival again. So I went to a different Catholic high oh, school. Oh, really? And, uh in between Akron and, and uh, Cleveland called Walsh Jesuit. And our rival was St. Vincent, uh, St. Mary's. How is the St. Vincent, St. Mary's, which was probably a guy's school and a girl's school merged, I imagine, with that kind of name. Probably, yeah. And they were called the Fighting Irish. But you, yeah. Walsh Jesuit. What, we, we were the we, Warriors. The Warriors. Um, Walsh Warriors. It was like eh, a Native alliteration. American kind of emblem. But, I, you know, what's funny is, so I was still in high school. I think um four years older than LeBron. I I was a senior when he was a freshman. Okay. And um, he still played football his freshman year. Now, like Nike or somebody said, you are never playing. He actually like had like from freshman year, like a, a scholarship offer to uh, Penn State, I think. Yeah, he was a really good football player. And he, it was just like, he had like 200 yards receiving against us in the football game. And it was amazing. Like they, Like, I've always felt like he would never play in the NBA because like why would you uh risk your body for a tenth of the salary oh yeah we're playing in the NFL, player yeah, what, much but I think season. he would have been like the greatest tight end in like NFL history if he did it you know definitely it's one of those things though where I've questioned it because he'll have times where he bitches about calls I remember yeah. I remember I was drunk at a bar and I was hanging out with some Cleveland sports fans they're like LeBron James if he was a tight end would make Jimmy Graham look like a piece of shit yeah he, he, and, I'm, and I was like no way he'd cut across the middle once get tackled and be out for a fucking month if he can't handle Kirk Heinrich how the fuck's he gonna yeah. handle like a middle linebacker going See, across the middle I don't but know then, like there's a lot of acting in yeah, basketball. Yeah, see, I feel so basketball's a little bit like soccer, where I feel like... A lot like soccer, it, yeah. The penalty... And, and what it is is because it, it, it's one of the few sports, it, it's really soccer's the only one I can think of, where the penalty is just like an almost automatic... It, like, it's almost like the penalties are too strong in both sports. Like, in soccer, it's way too fucking strong. Like, if you have a penalty kick in soccer, you win. Yeah, you totally, know? yeah. You know? So that's why everybody's acting, because, like, it's, it's almost like you're over-penalizing yeah, for and, a mild... free throws are amazing, because yeah, free it's, throws, it's yeah. scoring without the clock moving. Exactly. Like, I almost feel like the, the better way to get rid of all the acting... Would to be to like maybe move the the penalty shot like the free throw line back or in soccer move it back because like then you sort of lower the incentive to fake it yeah yeah to fake it no that's a really interesting point I like that I could get behind something like that they've got to do something because I think they've been a little bit better this year with they have the last couple years they've monitored the flopping because it was really embarrassing that series was it Miami versus San Antonio the first series the first time they played each other. Uh, when Miami won, I believe. Yeah, and it was just there was a highlight reel on both sides. Yeah, oh, it was guys terrible. Just yeah, nicked and throwing their arms <laughs> and flailing, and I'm like, what? You guys are professional athletes. What are you doing? Yeah, because when I was growing up watching basketball in the '90s, when I was really into basketball, yeah. I'll, I'll admit to the listeners, basketball is probably my fourth favorite sport now. Uh-huh. But then it was like my number one, number two, yeah. and usually like the twelfth guy off the bench would do like a flop yeah that yeah, was the yeah. only way he could contribute <laughs> yeah you know what i mean some eastern european player before yeah. they really became yeah. great shooters would come in and just trip up and uh-huh. get his foul and be like all right you did your job yeah. and get back to the end of the bench 
Now see, but seeing super, seeing the most talented guys in the league doing it, really, I don't know. I, I turned into a real old man about it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. look at this bullshit. Just thought yeah. like, it just wasn't fun to watch. And uh-huh. I feel like a guy like Steph Curry, who doesn't really do that stuff, coupled in with the fact that Golden State is a homegrown team, is why you're seeing Curry being more like, this is the new face of the NBA by LeBron, on, which is still a little unfair yeah. uh, to LeBron. Because like, you're right. He seems like a good dude. And he's a great, amazing player. Yeah. But it... Back to the NBA with the penalties or the fouls. There needs to be something, though, you're right, to really. Yeah. And and I would love to see the game go back to be more physical because that was, that was a better brand. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think so, and I think you and I found that game more interesting. But, you know, at the end of the day, these these, these sports don't really give a fuck. You know, no, they, they, they don't. They don't whatever is, like, they're sort of like, well, if the ratings are good, we're not going to change a thing. You know, like, I always love – one of the reasons why I barely ever watch the NFL anymore – is I always loved like de- like I really enjoyed watching the Super Bowl. Like I love defensive battles, and you don't really see that too much like in the modern game. No, you, know, it's, you really it's don't. Like, it's like a lot of pass interference calls. Football um, is such a sport. It's such such an institution where I I tell people I'm like every year they come up with new rules that everyone hates. Vocally, <laughs> yeah. you'll see people go crazy on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. This is like it must be flag fucking football. Yeah. And I go, it one day will be flag football. And guess what? You're still going to watch every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's such a routine. It's Sundays I do this. Yeah. So they know, the NFL knows they have the public by the balls in the sense yeah. that it's like, oh, we'll change a rule every year. What the fuck are you going to yeah. do about yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Huh? You're going to spend time with yeah. your kids? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're going to watch this shit every week. Oh, yeah. And, well, and with fantasy football, like I, I feel like the – I always feel, uh, and like CJ and I would always talk about this on on the podcast that the NFL basically exploded because it's the easiest sport to bet on. You know, it's yeah. the it, I mean, it's the only sport that has mandatory like injury reports. Like everything is geared towards the betting line. You know, yeah. And like you get like the only way you ever get fined as a coach. I mean, Bill Belichick put cameras on people, deflated balls. He got in more trouble for faking an injury report because <laughs> it True. affects the betting line than any of that other bullshit. In like, and I feel like fantasy football is kind of like almost like a moneyless bet, you know. And, and that's why people love it now is fantasy football. And like, I feel I'd it's be- only going to get more popular because like fantasy baseball. And fantasy basketball is too much for most people. It's like you got to set a lineup every day. I'm in fantasy hockey right now, and I'm feeling the same way. It's too much. Like you got to always monitor injuries starting. You know, well, yeah, with baseball every day. The worst, you or know? or yeah. if you do it weekly, um, I, I'm a, such a numbers guy with baseball, so I enjoy it still. Yeah. But it is it is compared to the casual to fan football. like doesn't want it. Oh, do the it. casual that's fan what, definitely doesn't want it. That's why they love football. It's like oh, I, I log in you know every Wednesday before the Thursday night game, and I set my lineup, and it's pretty easy. You and know? then you could even change stuff between the Thursday and the Sunday with yeah. the rest of you. You just mm-hmm. got to make sure. Yeah, it really is easy. And you're and right. Like, it's never going it. to become less popular, I feel, because of fantasy. So they can do whatever they, can they do want. Whatever yeah. They can do whatever they want. They could just move teams. I mean, it's great. They're, They're probably, just like, I mean, oh, yeah, they by are. the way, you know, this the Rams are coming to LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's always funny to me with that where people, like, get upset about rule change and stuff. And the NBA is probably in a similar position yeah. where the NBA does such a good job branding their superstars mm-hmm. that people watch the superstars. Yeah. So with football, you know, you're talking about how, like, the defense is gone because pass interference gets called on everything. Yeah. And the game is slow. I was I watched a lot yeah. of – I watch football all the time. I'm a big football yeah. guy because of fantasy football, so I watch, like, three or four games a week during football season. And it's a much slower game than it used to be. Yeah, totally. The average game is like up to three and a half, th- almost yeah. three hours, 45 minutes. The clock stops constantly. Yeah, yeah you'll have some great highlight reels in yeah. between that, but it's not like a, a, a fast-paced game. Yeah. It's not. It's very slow. It's, and they, Yeah, they don't. I mean, they're almost like Comcast. You know, they're like, yeah. what are you going to do? Who yeah, are you going to go to? Who are you going to go to? Yeah. yeah. We, we have the market. Yeah. What are you going to watch? Arena League football, yeah. you know? We have on demand. What are you going to go to Dish? Yeah. Huh? You have a fucking Dish on your roof? You're going to be that asshole? They are totally, that's what they, yeah, Arena, they're not going to watch so, Arena either. Yeah, they, you know, they could set it however they want. And, uh, you know, I mean, they do some things to the fans that they really don't care about. Like the, the rules they have on, what was it, two years ago? They just said, oh, by the way, no purses at the games. You, you, you had to buy an NFL licensed purse. Do you remember that? Oh, I did remember that. It was that. after the Boston bombing, okay, and they're like, oh, well, we're not going to leave let any bags come into the stadium for safety. Yet, you can buy these approved, clear uh, NFL uh, license. I mean, that is that is such a... Or how about like, their breast cancer scam? Oh, yeah. yeah. Those pink jerseys, only 8% goes to breast cancer awareness. Yeah. The rest is just their stuff in their pockets. They were tax-exempt for years. They finally yeah. said, fine, we'll pay taxes. Um, yeah, which yeah. only saved them like two million dollars. Like they, they, they didn't even mind. They're, they're such assholes. They didn't mind looking like straight up pricks for years. It's like, why wouldn't you just pay the 
two million dollars and not look like an asshole. Like, yeah, you know, I, know. I mean, you know, it would just it seems like you would get more in goodwill. You know, it's like you're paying a PR firm ten million dollars to make you look like good guys rather than just do the right thing. Um, it's something about those guys with the principal. They're just like, well, it's look at those money. owners. I mean, I mean, the commissioner were, well, I mean, and I don't mean to make your podcast like totally about sports, like entirely, but no, no. You know, yeah. I mean, like they're all old, like asshole white dudes, you know, like, you well, know, which like, is why a guy like uh, Josh Gordon on Cleveland yeah. got suspended a year for smoking weed because oh, yeah, old white guys still yeah, think yeah. weed is a bad drug when yeah. it's really Actually, they should be making these guys yeah. smoke weed because that would mellow them out. Maybe they wouldn't beat the fuck out yeah, of their wives totally. when they got Oh, home. yeah, and then the, the owner of the Ravens sees that tape of his running back just destroying his wife. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, nothing you know, nothing to see here. You know? Sometimes women get uppity, you know, that's whatever he said. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. And you, know, you got the whole Redskins thing. There is a whole, there's a real prick level of the NFL. But mm-hmm. again, you're not going to stop watching it. Yeah. We like the sport of football and the NFL is their the thing, you know, the XFL obviously was going to try to take down the NFL, but you can't. They're the mafia. It'd be really you tough, you know. The um, there's a great, have you ever seen the 30 for 30 on the, um, uh, what was the league that like Trump and uh, that Herschel, the USFL? Oh, yeah, the USFL. Have you ever yeah. seen that? It's called Small I Potatoes. I didn't see the 30 for 30. Oh, you in should there. watch it. It's called Small Potatoes. I'd like potatoes. to. It's Actually, great. I'm glad you brought up 30 for 30. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners out there, I um, when I first started this, I had a few yeah. segments, and then I was like, ah, I kind of want to just riff with people. Yeah. I'm going to start reviewing 30 for 30s, mainly because, you know, I talk sports with a lot of people at yeah. bars and at shows yeah. and just hanging out. There are like 20, 30 for 30s I still haven't seen. Yeah, and they're all So I'm like, going to give myself homework assignments. You know, every, yeah, they're every all 30, awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to start watching one each week so, and then I'm going to so review watch them. Small Potatoes if you can. That, that's it, the one I'll review for next week. It's about like how they had a really good business. It's basically Trump fucked them. Like, it, in fact, the title comes from Trump being like walking out of an interview going, it, it would be Small Potatoes, boys, you know? Yeah. But like, so their initial strategy was uh, let's concentrate on markets that love football, but like are underrepresented by the NFL, like Columbus, Ohio, for example, like the NFL would never go in there because Ohio state. So they went in there and they, they played when there was no football. It was like a summer league. So it's like all these people who love football, like, oh yeah, man. And like Bill Simmons is in it, like Boston had, cause back then the Patriots played like pretty far from Boston. Yeah. They're Uh, Foxborough or something. Yeah. They might still play there. I don't know. Um, but, uh, so like, and they would always have their games in the city itself, you know, to like try and like, so like try and bring football to people who have a harder time watching football and, and love football. And they, it was like wildly successful. Uh, but the guy who was like the ringleader, like they didn't really have a commissioner per se, but like they had this one, I think it was a Tampa owner. And he was like, kind of like the guy who had the vision for the whole league. Uh, he died of brain cancer, like in the second season. Ah. And then Trump sort of took over and he made him go. He's like, we're going to go up against the NFL on Sundays and which screwed up. This is them. another business. Yeah. People always say what a great businessman he yeah. is, but this is like business number 13 I've heard of well, in the last two all days he wants, that he screwed up. He doesn't want the business to do well. He just wants the PR yeah. of the move. You know, like his business is just making himself look like a good businessman. Yeah, like he's he, he knows he's kind of a genius about that. Like he knows whether the business fails or not. It doesn't matter as long as I've been on TV as the face of the business and the American public thinks I'm a businessman. Like the business is successful. He is the WWF's million dollar man come to life. Totally. Totally. That's exactly yeah, what he is. It, it is. It's hilarious. So um, how did he screw it up besides, well, go, competing with the NFL is just dumb. So that was the, so the number one downfall. That was the big it? thing. And then the NFL, colluded against them the usfl actually won a one billion dollar lawsuit against the nfl wow where the nfl and i don't remember the specifics and the 30 for 30 doesn't talk about the collusion a lot but they basically said um to players like you know that you will like never have an nfl career if you uh play a down for the usfl you know, of course, because yeah. they started getting a few people. They had like Jim Kelly was a USFL player. Like Herschel Walker was like Herschel Walker was like their big score. Herschel Walker like didn't even go into the NFL draft after what well, he was at Georgia. Right. And he won like the Heisman and all yes. that. And he went straight into the USFL because they paid so much money. That's such a know? conniving thing for the NFL to do because every kid playing football had dreams of playing. In yeah, the NFL. exactly. And it's, and, you know, athletes aren't like artists where they're just like, oh, I'll go the indie route. You know what I yeah. mean? Where <laughs> they're like, no, they're, you know, because even I'm sure that. 
maybe there was one USFL player who was like, you know what? I'm getting paid to play football, and that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Screw the NFL. I'm going to stick to this league or uh-huh. whatever. But I feel like it's just so people in the world of sports don't think that way. Like we know yeah. a lot of people who are like, oh, that comedy club doesn't want my show. Fine, I'll go to a bar, sell sure. tickets, make more money. Sure. Like I put my album out by myself. Well, sure. I, I put the community you should know label on it, but it basically all of the promotion was done on my end and with a couple of my buddies. And it was way more profitable. I owned the rights forever. Uh-huh. Sold more copies. You didn't have to split shit with anybody. Yeah, that's the way artists. Think. You know, you're seeing the real numbers too. Yeah, you know, like, I, you're, like when you do it the other way, they're just like, oh, well, this was your sales. It's like totally, really like yeah, that they, seems kind of that's a random number you came low. up with. You know, oh, they <laughs> yeah. always look to screw you. So I really yeah. wish athletes had that. And I, I know LeBron. Going back to LeBron, a few years ago when they were going through a lockout, he said, and people thought he was joking, but he's like, you know, us players could just band together and form our own league. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think there's there's too much risk involved. Oh, well, they with would that. never. Well, and the owners would fuck them. I mean, at the end of the day, like I, yeah, it's a rigged system. Yeah, it is. I mean, they would figure so. Like, I'm I'm sure they have. It's like. You know, what stadium would you put it in? I'm, I'm sure they have, like, exclusivity arrangements with the stadiums. I think that was another thing. They have the city rights, too. So, yeah. they're, um, yeah, it goes it goes a lot of weird cases. I know at one point when, in Chicago, Rahm Emanuel's got mad at the Ricketts family, who owned the yes. Cubs. Because yeah. the father, Ricketts, is a huge Republican. Yeah, he's he giving is, money yeah. and all this stuff. And, and talked a lot of, said a lot of bad things about President Obama, who was, you know, yeah. Emanuel's old boss. So he's kind of like, you want money from the city of Chicago and you're going to do that? And then there was a rumor that the Cubs guy didn't even do it. Because I think the son is just like, look, he's my dad. I'm not with them with that. I donated (laughs) money to like LGBT rights. My dad's an old lunatic. Whose dad says appropriate things. Yeah, come on. Don't do this to me. And so, and I'll give the Cubs owner credit. He was like, the city's in a bad financial state. So he spent $500 million. The Cubs' whole renovation is completely funded by himself, not a dime of city yeah. money, which is which great. Which is how it should be. It should know? be that way yeah. in every city. The only thing that bothered me was the city's alderman fighting him on every little Tom thing. Tom Tooney. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's the an guy's, asshole. He's yeah. an asshole. Yeah. It's like the guy's begging. He had to beg to spend $500 million yeah. in his war. Yeah. Anyone else would be like, yeah, bring it over here. So when the Cubs, there was a rumor that they were going to go to Rosemont, which is a suburb just on the border of the city by the airport. Yes. And Emmanuel said, well, I guess they'll have to be called the Illinois Cubs, won't they? Yeah. So right there, it was kind of like, all right. you. That's another thing they have, these these professional yeah. ownership. They, they have that where they have yeah. rights to city names. Sure. And I, nobody wants to be the Akron Cavs. This is a story that our mutual friend Brendan McGowan once told me. I don't know if it's true or not. It's um, not. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> God, I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm sure Brendan heard it, you know. Brendan's uh, been on the podcast. Good uh, dude. But anyways, like, he told me a story that like at one point, uh, the Hallis family, which owns the Bears, was like considering playing, you know, because like Soldier Field is like technically owned by the the Park District. Yeah, it still is. It's like it's like a really shitty, like for years, just the shittiest conditions and all that. You know, I mean, I do find it hilarious that the Park District maintains an NFL. My dad field. retired from the Park yeah. District. He got the park for free when he went to Bears. Games. Oh yeah, all I mean, like, isn't it just hilarious? The, the same guy who's like you know raking like a kid's park, like might be in charge of the. <laughs> of the, know, the side, the, and they had the worst for like, side you know, for like yeah. eight hundred million in like player salaries, but but anyway, supposedly <laughs> they were talking about playing in Gary, Indiana, because like Gary, Indiana had offered them like some sort of great deal, and it was like you know just a negotiation ploy. But it's a pair, supposedly uh, according to Brendan McGowan, old man Daly goes, okay, well you know. Good luck getting anyone from Chicago because I'm going to shut down every lane on every outgoing highway for construction every Sunday morning. I guarantee that. Oh, man. Yeah, and he would. He, like, he yeah, would have. That old have. Democratic yeah. machine yeah. in Chicago led by Daly, they would pull moves like that. Yeah, I mean, the Kennedys need, were afraid of the Dailies, yeah, for God's sake. You, you almost need – like maybe that's how you fight the NFL. You need – a mayor that, or a governor that is as big of a prick as the NFL owner. Yeah, you, you got to match yeah. prick for prick. Yeah, <laughs> so you gotta do fight it. him with pricks. Well, I touched base on that Ray Rice domestic abuse thing, and uh, Major League Baseball has gotten its first taste of it. Not really taste. I'm sure oh, it's really? been happening, but yeah. uh, our dullest, our dull, I never could pronounce this guy's name right. Chapman, former closer for the Reds, recently traded in the offseason while the investigation was going on in the Yankees. So it was kind of weird that anyone even made a trade because yeah. he was going to get traded to the Dodgers, and then the report came out of domestic violence, and the Dodgers were like, no, we don't want him. Get him away from sure, us. Sure, yeah. So then that trade fell through. Uh, Chapman has been suspended for 30 games by Major League Baseball, and here's where it's interesting to me because he wasn't convicted. Yeah. But there was no charges, actually. I'll, I'll read it to you a little bit of what I got here. Chapman, a four-time All-Star, had been under investigation by the league after an alleged domestic violence dispute in October. Police didn't file criminal charges against Chapman in an incident in which he allegedly choked his girlfriend and he admits he admittedly fired gunshots into the garage of his Miami residence. <laughs> so I think he probably choked her out. 
Yeah. And then got real pissed off and was like, all right. And then went to the garage and just fired off some rounds to, yeah. to calm himself to cool down. down. Yeah. Which I don't know how that works, actually. Yeah. I mean, firing a gun. I went to a gun range once with a friend. It didn't really like make me go, ah. Oh, yeah, like I don't a see that being a calming. Feel, no, yeah. I wasn't at peace with it afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of fun, but I didn't feel yeah. like calmer. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chapman's use of a firearm as a factor in the decision, uh, the new commissioner said. And on Wednesday, Chapman said he's no longer in possession of guns and is looking to put the incident behind him. Well, of course you are. Uh, you know, he apologizes for it. He, he's not going to appeal the 30-game suspension, yeah. uh, which, you know, I think is a good move on his part. Yeah. Uh, it is something, though, because of what happened with the NFL, all the other leagues now are trying to make sure we're going to come out in like front policies. of this. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, no, you get, you're getting 30 games. We don't care if you actually, if you spent a minute in jail or yeah. if this was not even what happened. The fact that you put yourself in this situation – you're getting the 30 games. Yeah. I also love how this happened in Florida, where for some reason, I think the police were probably like, oh, yeah, he shot his gun in his garage. Who, who hasn't done that? well, that's, that's what happens sometimes, you know? You come home from a hard day at work, yeah. you just got to unload on some drywall. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But uh, I was just wondering, what do you think some of these leagues are going to overreact to this, or do you think it's better to just get out in front? I think it's better to get out in front, you know, and uh, um, I don't know if they're I, – I don't see them – overreacting i mean i guess the fear of an overreaction would be like maybe somebody who's potentially innocent gets suspended like yeah that could be the his, case you know it rarely um, is though yeah i mean well, you really know, I, I, I mean i understand i think it's fine to say you're innocent until proven guilty in the judicial system but i think it's also fine to say well we're your employer not the u.s government yeah and, you and i i'm glad you brought that up yeah. not to cut you up but you and i have talked about that in the past where people don't understand I remember when the, the what was that duck show? The duck show with the duck, duck dynasty. Duck dynasty. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna call it the duck show. That yeah. sounds better. Uh, when he had that whole thing and they suspended his show, and everyone's like, "Well, free speech is under attack." Yeah. It's like, no, the government didn't suspend yeah, he's his not show. In jail. He's not in jail. <laughs> yeah. He's allowed to say that. But A and E said, "Hey, you know what? As a channel, we might have some gay people who were probably upset with your dumb comments. Yeah. So we're gonna take you off the air because we don't. It's a business move." Yeah, exactly. And, and guess that's what? It would what baseball's to doing here. What people don't realize is it would happen to you if you did that at your job. If you just, you know, if you're some cashier at Radio Shack and like as you're stuffing, you know, the product in the bag, you go, oh, by the way, I don't think gay should be married. They'd fire yeah, you. You'd get fired I mean, immediately. Yeah, they would fire you. Like, you know, it, it's not, I mean, you don't have free speech to just say whatever. You have free speech. You don't, you, you don't have consequence free speech. Yeah, you're not you free know? of uh, punishment. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants an asshole working for them like that. Uh, you're a good math guy. Maybe you could do that. I was trying to do the math on, on drive over here today. Uh, 30 games. What percentage of that is of a 162 game season? So that would be like just uh, under a third. Under a third. Yeah, that'd be like 27% or something like that. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And two games of a 16 game, because two games is what Ray Rice originally got. Yeah. For knocking out his girlfriend. So that's, that's one eighth, you know. Right? Okay, I was trying yeah. to see what the percentages were. Yeah. I knew 30 games is harsher in terms of a percentage. But Much it, harsher. Much harsher. Because two out of 16, yeah, that's not much well, at all. What's funny about baseball is they do it based on your role, too. So, like, pitchers always get, like, 15-game suspensions no matter what they do, so they lose two starts, you yeah. know? Whereas, like, a reliever, they'll be, yeah, He's like, a closer, you know, 30 games yeah, right there. That, that, could, that is a lot, man. 18 to 20 saves, depending on what kind of stretch they're going through. Well, that Ray Rice one was total bullshit. I mean, you know, two games was way oh, under. Way know? under. And, and it wasn't until the video went viral. Like, yeah. TMZ did great reporting yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then once people saw it, they're like, because that whole thing, the picture is worth a thousand words is very true. Yeah. Because when that first happened, I was like, oh, that's terrible and stuff like that. And there were, there were Ray Rice fans still still upset about the two-game suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the video came out, they were slowly backing away going, oh, okay, yeah. shit. Well, you know? it's interesting, you know, how powerful that is now in, in more of our, our world. I mean, you look at like the Black Lives Matter, you know, movement. I mean, a lot of white people didn't buy into it at all like the call this is oh come on this is all complaints this is all fabricated until they started seeing videos of people just getting shot for no reason you know like yeah. what was that, that dude in north carolina who was just he was just straight up executed you know um yeah i like it you know and uh i think they're gonna need to maybe you know it's weird like if you get these athletes who come in and they just don't really you know they're just like you know look at johnny manzel out of cleveland like, you know, uh, this just went to, like, grand jury. The grand jury said, like, yeah, we want a trial here. And he's still partying. And, like, there's rumors that he broke her eardrum, you know, he was hitting her so hard. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how do you uh, 
it's just, it's a weird thing in that you're a millionaire and you're a celebrity, but you may have never learned to be like a good person or anything. Oh like no, that. a guy like that. I mean, was, the guy tried to trademark the name Johnny Football. I think yeah. he was even successful doing it. So yeah, they don't live in a reality that most people live yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, he probably was a superstar from day one. From of, day one, you know, he's never told football. no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, how do you? How do you get this? Like, how do you do HR training for this person? You know, where you got to start at. Like, you know, my HR training is, oh, by the way, be sensitive to with my day job to like male centric terms. You may not realize it. Like, they just assume I know not to fucking hit a woman. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, at the very <laughs> so my least. My HR starts with like maybe terminology, you know, like, like, you know, maybe you have some old fashioned terminology or something. Like, his, like, it's almost like the NFL has to start with like, you know, you can't just knock a woman out yeah. if you disagree with her. You know, you know, you can't just shoot guns. You know, if you're uh, uh you know, feeling anxious. You know? Yeah, I know. They're like the professional sports are just decades behind. But in the same regard, yeah. to stick up for sports or stick up for these athletes, which I don't want to stick up for the bad ones. But it's like the way with, with like with cops, though. Like we, ninety percent of oh, them. Oh yeah, are great. exactly. There oh, totally. So many great cops. You know, and, and most of these athletes get it, and they're yeah. great people and all that. But those ten percent. It's just like, all right. And that's where your image comes from now with cell phone videos and everything. It's like the image comes from the bad guys. Because like a video of a guy knocking out his wife or a cop executing a person for no reason is going to get a lot more play than a video of a, you know, a cop or a a running back just doing their jobs and being nice people. So like the image comes from the minority that is atrocious, you know, and it's I think that's why these leagues have to stay ahead of it. Because, I mean, not only is it the moral and ethical thing to do, but that minority of terrible people is going to, that's going to be the image of your league if you allow it to happen. No, and I like I like that a lot of, like, the NHL did a great job with gay rights. They had a video yeah. out there, right, saying, hey, if you could play, you could play. We don't give a shit. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. You're more than welcome on any NHL teams. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like their way of saying, if there are any gay NHL yeah, players yeah. out there, feel free to come out. We're going to sure. accept you with open arms. And, and things like that. And I know... Um, like when Arizona was threatening to do that horrible anti-immigration bill. Oh, yeah, Which wasn't yeah. just like anti-immigration. It was basically just like, if you're brown, our police department could shake could you just down. just pick you up. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that would have been a great rhyme. If you're brown, we could shake you down. <laughs> they really missed out there. Yeah. They Damn it. And all the Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball actually came out saying, hey, you know, we could easily have spring training in New Mexico. Yeah, exactly. And that, that right away, all the, you know. And I kind of like that well, because it's taken has- the power away from these lunatics. Yeah. And sports and entertainment as a whole – there are some people out there who, and I'm not saying you have to all agree on one thing, but if you're going to not be accepting of people, mm-hmm. then you don't get, yeah, you don't get to enjoy some well, of And sports things. can start, like one of the great things about sports is it can start uh, some level of social change. Like Arizona didn't recognize Martin Luther King Day until the NFL threatened to never have the Super Bowl there. Yeah. Like, Arizona as late as like 1998 wasn't recognizing Martin Luther King Day. Like, like consciously, we said that is racist not a could you I know, be? exactly. And, and, and they didn't change it until, look at Missouri. Uh, with They had that, like, kind of racist AD, or he wasn't really responding. Uh, or, I, yeah. I don't know if he was necessarily racist. They just felt he was being, there was a lot of inaction against racism on campus. And it wasn't until the football player said, we're not going to play, that, that they got rid of him, you know? And it's always like, follow the money, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, But I think that's where sports can be good because there's so much money and interest in it that if the players say like, no, I'm sorry, you guys, this is just totally unethical. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great things with sports that money fucks up, but then there are some things that money can lead to positive change, you know, like uh, I always say sports are great, you know, it brings people together and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then you, you take that to an extreme where you get this, small group of greedy people yeah. who would, oh, concussions? Well, let's yeah. ignore that for like a couple <laughs> decades. Or even that horrible Penn State thing. And that's oh, where yeah, politics yeah. is getting scary in this country because politics has turned into sports where everyone's like, mm. I like my team, and no matter what my oh, team yeah, says, totally. I'm rooting for my team. And I've even told friends, and I'll tell people who are listening, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I consider yeah. myself left of center. Uh, but there are stuff with the Democratic Party going on right now where it's like, hey, I'll gladly vote for an independent if you're going to pull that shit. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. This isn't the Cubs for me. Yeah, okay? yeah This is yeah. more important than that. Uh-huh. And I've got some Republican friends where I'm like, hey, look, I, I'm cool with you guys. Like, I could talk for hours and have great conversations with my Republican friends who are like, I believe taxes should be lower for this reason. I believe yeah, yeah, sure. limited government for this reason. That's great. But if you're going to come at me with, you know, you know why there's tornadoes in Kansas? The gays. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to get, get away from me. You are not a person. Like, yeah. really? Like, what world are you living in? And how do you vote for that? I know people who will, like, say, oh, yeah, I know this part of my party's batshit crazy. 
but they're my party. I'm like, no, yeah, you don't yeah. have it's to hilarious. do that. Yeah. You have the power to make that like change. Like it's a family you're born into or yeah, something exactly. like that. And yeah. I thought about it where I'm like, no matter how crazy some of these politicians say stuff, people are going to support them anyway. And I go, well, yeah, of course. Look at Penn State. Yeah. Penn State was covering up child rape for over a decade. Yeah. The whole school knew about it. The head coach knew about yeah. it. Not only did they keep under the rug, but they kept paying that guy to do his yeah. job as the offensive coordinator. And then they rioted when they took the statue down. That's insane, man. It was insane. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I know people are like, oh, what would you stop rooting for the Cubs? I'm like, if the Cubs pulled that shit where they were sponsoring child rape, essentially, yeah, yeah I'd stop spending money on them. Yeah. It would suck because yeah. I'm so invested since I was a child. Yeah. But yeah, I would stop yeah. showing up. I wouldn't riot when they took the statue down. And and what was most sickening was the alumni donations went up the following year. Yeah. Because the alumni was like, well, they're going to try to screw us. and screw, You know what I mean? And then they were mad because when they suspended, they took all those wins away. People were like, yeah. well, they're also taking the wins away from those players. Yeah. And I'm like, do you mean to tell me that that guy who played on the 1988 or 1998 uh, Penn State Nittany Lions now has to look his kid in the eye and go, I guess I never won a college game. Son. <laughs> you think they give a shit yeah, after they yeah. graduate? No, they know they won yeah. those games. They're taking the wins and losses away from Paterno because nobody wants to – 20 30 years from now be like oh who's this guy who's the all-time leader and yeah yeah oh that was a horrible dude yeah who people liked him because he looked like a grandpa but apparently he was just like hey it's okay there sandusky you know yeah. hey, you like little kids i like old-grown women but we're all different <laughs> right like you know so that that's what some people just don't understand that we, yeah. we're just too invested like mm-hmm. i'm a i'm an obsessed sports fan but at the end of the day if you're doing horrible things like beating women and and whatnot then yeah i'd like to see you go yeah yeah Especially with uh, Adrian Peterson, where it was like, dude. Peterson, I felt, was like, uh, he deserved to be suspended and everything. But I, I felt that wasn't as bad as some of the other ones. Like, well, yeah, I, I, just, I know a well, lot of people. Well, did you see the pictures, grew- though? I haven't seen the pictures. That's but, the, again, the picture yeah. says that. Yeah, right, it does. When I first heard that, I'm like, yeah, look, I, I know a lot of people grew up with spankings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these were like lacerations. Yeah. And the picture of the kids wearing a diaper. Yeah. So you're like, how do you beat someone wearing a diaper that badly where yeah. there's like lacerations? But no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. No, I mean, I and I think, you know, I wonder, like that sounds like something that could potentially be like, uh, like, you know, they always in my day job, it like HR always calls these things like teaching opportunities, you know, <laughs> and I'm not trying to minimize it. No, no, of course and, not. Uh, you know, I, I think law enforcement should be involved in that and he should be suspended. But that might be a thing where you're just like, you know, listen, I, you you might have grown up with a very rough and terrible childhood. But sure, that is not how you. Yeah, treat a, a, kids. that's not how you encourage. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, and I'm I don't maybe I'm sounding insensitive. Like, I, I could see that being like almost uh that seems less bad to me than like punching out somebody. I don't know. No, you know? I no, I can yeah. understand your point there. And AP kind of maybe he shouldn't have got suspended for the whole season. He got caught in the wake of the Ray Rice thing. He totally did. Yeah. You know, and I still go back to Josh Gordon with the weed. And yeah. Like, and I remember I was joking with my dad, who's not like a pot guy at all. Like, you yeah. know, I, mean, I think he thinks it should be legal, but you know, he's not one of those dudes. But yeah. we were laughing about it because. So he got suspended for the whole year for marijuana because marijuana is against the NFL's policy. But what if when the Cleveland uh, Browns were playing the Broncos or Seattle, where it's legal in those states, he should be allowed to play in those games, right? <laughs> should he be allowed? Point. He should be allowed yeah. to play there. Yeah, Can yeah. You really suspend if you're a Bronco player, could you really get suspended for something that's legal in your home state? Yeah. Or the NFL's like, no, we're above that. I don't know. I think it just goes back to that old boys club of just like, I don't like it. It smells yeah, funny and so it makes your stupid. eyes red. It's I mean, it's so dumb that it's. Bad. All right, well, let's let's end on a, on a funny thing here. I, I yeah, think sure. this is funny, though, because as stand-up comedians, uh, we could deal with heckling. Uh, Carmelo Anthony had to apologize. He, he got into it with a fan oh, who really? was heckling him about how bad the Knicks are, and the Knicks are bad. <laughs> and he's, he has to apologize. Here's what he told the fan. He didn't even have that good of a response. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to get your take on some, yeah. you know, some heckler stories with you. Versus, um, well, I mean, these NBA players, they, they can't. This is actually really tame because Kobe yeah. got in trouble for years later calling like someone in the crowd uh, 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 the gay slur or whatever. Yeah. And um, Carmelo Anthony basically told the fan, he goes, because the fan was yelling at yeah. him, he looked at him, he goes, hey, the owner's right over there. The owner's right over there. He points to the yeah. owner and goes, ask him for a refund. <laughs> Which is, I think is pretty hilarious. That's hilarious. And it's like tame in the sense that yeah. he didn't swear at him. Yeah, yeah. You know, which it could have been way worse is what yeah. I'm saying. I think that is the Why equivalent. does he need to apologize for that? It's not rude. It's, I don't think it's rude. Maybe the owner got upset or something. Is that, that's Larry Dolan. He's a he's a shithead, you know. He's like the son of a rich cable owner. And, you know, he plays in his own blues band with other uh, middle-aged guys. He probably funny. is Larry Dolan. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
That's um, hilarious. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny yeah. too. A response for a heckler. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> I almost think that's the stand-up comedian's equivalent to be like, uh, "Well, why are you here?" Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like almost in that sense. You ever have that where it's like the guy's got his arms folded? Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. Suck, and it's like, yeah. Um, well, and you, I love. You yeah. never really. You don't really go after hecklers too often, though. I don't. I mean, it's pretty rare. You just kind of ignore them, which uh, I think is almost the better approach. So sometimes. this is my view on hecklers. Um, I usually don't get them. I, I think the best cure against hecklers is, is to just do really well. And, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That'll kind of shut them up. Uh, I have found just off a lifetime of being a drunk and hanging out with drunks, you will never win an argument against drunks. You will actually win it, but they will never admit that yes. because they are too drunk to realize everyone is laughing at them. Everyone disagrees with them. So I feel like, all right, if you know, I mean, if I take on this fucking heckler, I mean, unless they're being totally disruptive, then I will. But if they're not being totally disruptive, I'm like, this person's so drunk, they're only going to pipe up once every five minutes. For me to shut them up, I'm going to have to attack them for three straight. I look at it as a numbers game. Like, three straight minutes, I'm going to have to attack them. They're not going to know I've won. Just one joke for you because you're a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not going to know I've won. They're still going to keep going. They're still going to think they're the center of attention. And it's just going to derail the whole show. And it's, See, that's a very mature approach you got there, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wish I had that because yeah. I usually will. I'll get into them. It depends. If they're, like, legitly, like, being disruptive, I'll try yeah. to just first approach it where it's like, oh, because sometimes people are just talking because they're enjoying your job. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll see I'll see what their deal is. Sure. And then if they're just a drunk idiot who's yelling stuff who just doesn't get it's a comedy show. Yeah, yeah, stop yeah. interjecting your thoughts. Then I'll try to get it so that the whole crowd is on my side to the point where they overwhelmingly shut yeah. up. But you're right. A lot of times it's a waste Even of time. Even then, it's, it's easy to get. Like, the heckler is always the villain. Everybody hates them. And that's why it's so easy to, like, beat them in any argument. Every Everybody is on your side. I mean, these people paid for babysitters to come out to watch a comedy show. Yeah. And they got to deal with this drunk asshole. And that's where it is. I get really mad for the crowd. Yeah. Because I know I can handle it. But I know. I've seen it where... I, that's why I've always hated doing like audition sets and stuff yeah. like that or any set where I know I have to like I want John Q public could be there. Yeah. Well, because you have to do there's certain sets where I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I'm filming this because yeah. I want to submit it to something and I have to I want to hit these jokes when I have this set because you can't react to one little thing. And yeah. I like part of stand up, which why I left improv is you can react. Sure. I, you could be in the moment and I could I could do some crowd work. Mm -hmm. I could riff. I could ad lib. I could do whatever I want up there. And of course, do my written material. Uh, but I'll, I'll this is. This is probably one of my most uh, immature moments as a stand-up comedian. This was early on. I remember this guy was relentless, yeah. and uh, he kind of like looked like you. And I go, you want to fight me? It looks like you want to yeah. fight me a little yeah. bit. And then I said to him, I go, because I would fucking love it. <laughs> okay, they're, they're, I'm, I'm good at two things, making people laugh and fucking people yeah. up. And please make it happen. Yeah. Please make my dreams yeah, come true. Yeah. Because if I could find a way to combine these two things, <laughs> that's all I need in life, my friend. And then he just she shut up. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you this. Pretty hard to get back into the rest of your set if you threaten to beat the fuck out of someone. <laughs> so, anyway, so, he's got a Netflix account. I've got a yeah. girlfriend. Like, you know, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty bad, though. But uh, where could they find you, Sean? Thanks for being on the podcast, um, man. I do a show in Chicago called Blackout Diaries, where comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. Uh, I have a website, blackoutdiaries.info. In fact, if you are in Chicago, I think in two weeks, the Chicago Reader is coming out with a bar issue, and like I've written the cover story for that. Oh, that's awesome. So I'll uh, pick up a copy of the bar issue and you know come by the Blackout Diaries. Yeah, sometimes. we have a lot of Chicago listeners, yeah, definitely. It's a great show. It'll be a bunch show. of uh, like really funny drinking stories. Are you still at the Hi-Hat Lounge? We are still at the Hi-Hat, yeah. That's cool. I like, I like the Lincoln people Square. there. Um, yeah, good people there. Um, and on, you're on Twitter. At I'm on Twitter, Sean underscore M underscore Flannery. But you can find me all through the Blackout Diaries. So it's all, easiest all, just to go just through go the through Blackout there. Diaries. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah. is cool because you bring up regular people, and then you have comedians telling awesome stories. And it's also uh, multimedia. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, so like people come up. Like uh, you know, we'll have uh, two weeks ago, we had a guy. Uh, he works in he works in scrap metal actually, and you know, he had photos from it. You know, they have photos from their stories. It's really hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It really again. Yeah. Just has a thousand words. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll man. tell this story on a podcast another time because it's way too long a story. But when I was on it, you you, <laughs> you got some pretty good video of yeah, me drunk. Yeah. Here, you tell the snippet of me. I want you to do the impression of me going in and out of uh, yeah. a song while then yelling at people. So yeah, Joe had a meltdown, and Joe did. Uh, it was kind of a themed. Uh, 
Blackout Diaries uh, show. It was great about like how Google can kind of screw you now yeah. when you have a drunk meltdown. And you know, you you, you Google actually autocorrected for a while. Did you mean Joe Kilgowan meltdown? Yeah. When you know, yeah, uh, it would. but so anyways, like I, I I joined a podcast to get this video of him melting down, and it's you 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 start your set with uh, you're you're just so upset and lost that you end your set with should have been a fucking fireman. Yeah. And anybody know when the fire fireman exam is? You're Why did I get the into stand up comedy? Fire fire exam. And then you get so drunk after the show that you're going in and out of whiskey in a jar while like insulting everyone yeah. you know. It's, yeah, every, it's all so my hilarious. best friends. You're just going like Black people Ford who invited my wedding. Black Ford. And they go like uh, uh, Mike Leibowitz, who's a dear friend of yours. Mike Leibowitz, I liked him never. Yeah. <laughs> Black Ford, get it all. Yeah, I was coming back. There's whiskey head. in the jar, and, and your, then, your yeah. cheeks are so red, and you know, like it's like a cell phone camera. So you got those raccoon eyes where I, the light is glowing. Yeah, it and was you're just, you're funny. Yeah, it definitely looked like it was shot like the Blair yeah. Witch. And I, at one point at that night, because I don't remember any of that night, I woke up the next morning with vomit in my bed because my yeah. hand, I like, what is on my hand? And I look and I just puke <laughs> next to me. And uh, the bartender told me he goes. Yeah, I was trying to tell people to stop buying you shots, but then they were sneaking them. And then I looked at you, and you just had the entire bottle of Jameson with the like bar <laughs> official pour thing on it. I forget yeah. the name of that. And you were just drinking out of it. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? And I took it from you. And you go, no, no, it's cool. And then you jumped over the bar and grabbed another bottle of something. I'm like, no, it's not cool. And then eventually, yeah. I think they carried me out at that point. Sure. That was after oh, I physically man. assaulted another comedian friend. All right. Well, that was the podcast. Again, <laughs> thanks for listening to Comedians Talking Sports. Give us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Uh, we do this podcast once a week. That was Sean Flannery. I'm Joe Kilgown. You guys have yourselves a great week.